nevertheless, bets to be made and things to be talked about. So let's welcome in Matt Cox from Three Man Weave. I mentioned UConn, obviously the reigning champion. Are they worth betting again to win the whole thing? Uh, okay, thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a, a, an answer in my ear here from my little birdie. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think they are. I mean, my whole take on UConn has been during conference play, they're going to go through some ups and downs. Um, the opposing Big East coaches have their playbook. It's a very deep and complex playbook. That's why they beat every non-conference team by 20 points. Um, look at last year, right? They ran through the non-conference like, you know, gangbusters. We forgot how good they were, four seed tournament, and then they just turn it on again. This team's not as talented. The clinging injury concerns me, obviously. Um, I just worry that, that that can linger for big guys. But UConn's going to be a situational fade for me in conference but when the bright lights come back on in March Madness, I'll be looking to, to put my money back with uh, Dan Hurley and the boys there. No doubt, dude. I love UConn. I like the style of play. I like the toughness. They lose guys to the draft, and they just figure out a way to, to make it work. New guys step up. I wanted to get your thoughts, though, on Illinois. They face Northwestern tonight, first game without Terrence Shannon. Just what have you seen from them? And, and like, what's their upside? Because normally we're not super high on Big Ten teams in terms of really going deep in the tournament. Yeah, it's funny. I think this Illinois team with Shannon could have been as good as the number one overall seed was, which was a 2021, I believe, right? And they lost to Lila Chicago, another Chicago-based team uh, in the second round. And I think this team has a very envi enviable switchability factor to them, right? They're so long. They're so dynamic. They're so athletic. You take away Shannon from that, who knows how long he's out. Um, and that's a pretty key creator. And their point guard, their de facto point guard right now, um, uh, Ty Goody, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his name. There's not a ton of shot creation in that offense. So I think defensively, they're going to be really, really tough. I think that gives them like high upside, deep run in March potential. Um, but I worry about some long scoring droughts without a clear offensive alpha, unless we see you know, a guy like Marcus Domask go for. 40 like he did against FAU. I just think they're going to have some offensive question mark, leave them prone to maybe an early round exit if they get a top five, six seed. Um, but the defense is good, and you can ride a good defense deep in the tournament. You just make shots for a couple weekends in a row. So I don't know. I'm still in on this team a little bit, but no Shannon's a huge gut blow. It's just tough. Matt, the number one ranked team in the country, the Boilermakers of Purdue, they're playing right now, and they're beating down Maryland 19-7 to as we speak, 10 minutes left until halftime. Are you a believer in Purdue? Obviously, they uh, didn't do great in last year's NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe in Purdue. I kind of like the Virginia narrative parallels that we've been hearing, right? Comes off the 16 seed. The next year, they they go completely, uh, you know, they kind of use that as a motivator um, and run that to a national title. I think this Purdue team can certainly win it all. I think they're going to learn from their mistakes against tough small in um, inverted types of mid-major matchups. FDU obviously tripped them up last year. A lot like UConn, I think they're going to be a good bet in March, but in, against Big Ten foes who have more size than most other conferences, more size than the teams they've played so far in non-con, I think Purdue's going to be a good situational fate, right? Northwestern, we saw that. Um, you know, that was a home run game from Northwestern. You're going to see every team stack the deck against Purdue when they come to their building all year. I backed Maryland tonight. I'm learning now it may not have been a smart play just given that crowd doesn't have the, the true home juice that a lot of these Big Ten home crowds will have as kids come back on campus. But, again, I like trying to fade Purdue in situational spots throughout the conference play. But then in the tournament, I am a believer. I'm not going to be shorting Matt Painter just because of his past tournament woes. I think this team's 
a little bit different than last year. Lance Jones is a huge X factor for them. I think they'll learn uh, and grow from that experience. What's happening with South Carolina, Matt? Because they already have more wins this year, 12, than all of last year. (laughs) All of last year. Should we believe in them? I believe to a point. I think, yeah, Lamont Paris is a great coach. Uh, Steal from Chattanooga. It's never been a great basketball school. I think people took for granted how good Frank Martin did while he was there. I mean, the Final Four run speaks for itself, but he was consistently competitive um, despite a myriad of injuries. They don't really have a, you know, a, a huge track record of success. And in the SEC, I mean, that's just like the arms race of top-tier coaches and huge dollars flowing in through NIL. So, I mean, it's a tough place to compete um, in general. So I think just from that kind of, you know, zoomed out context vantage point, uh, major applause to Lamont Paris. I think they're a real competitor in the SEC. I don't think they're going to challenge the title, but I think they're going to go around 500. Um, something that people would have thought would have been crazy had you asked them two months ago. So yeah, I don't think this is a fluke or a sell type team. I think they're well coached. They're older um, and they're playing, you know, very well together. I think it was a big piece last year. They took some trials and tribulations. They were sort of distracted by the GG Jackson five-star just uh, thing that was going on. You kind of get him out of the mix, a little Ewing theory for this year. I like this team. Uh, it looks more like a Lamont Paris type team, former Greg Gard, uh, Wisconsin longtime assistant. So he's kind of got that same DNA in how they play. All right, let's go from South Carolina to North Carolina. Come on and raise up. They've caught Pitt, by the way, 14-14 in the first half on the road. Can that team win it all, or are they just a Carolina team that's going to be overpriced? Uh, tough, man. I... I, I like this team. I like the Tar Heels. I just don't know if I trust um, I trust Say Hubert it. Davis enough to make a deep. Say I just yes. don't trust Hubert Davis. <laughs> no, can't get there. I my another thing to worry about UNC too is Armando Baycott's been kind of an afterthought this year. Like he's sort of in cruise control. He's coasting. I wonder if that's a guy who's just been through college for maybe a, a few too many laps around the sun. He's pacing himself like an NBA player for March Madness. Bro, he was there in the Obama administration. That guy's been I mean, he's been there for way too long. I know. I agree. This this sixth year, the bonus plus year, we got to – I can't wait for two, three years when all this goes goes by. I'm tired of seeing, like, Perry Ellis times a 1,000 run around. The guy who's been there for 12 (laughs) years. Um, But that's my concern. Like, why is Baycott sort of – he seems disinterested, my eye test tells me. Again, it doesn't matter right now because they have R.J. Davis and they have a really talented backcourt. And, uh, and Harrison Ingram, the five-star renaissance from Stanford, comes back across country. He's been awesome this year, a huge part of what they're doing. I like UNC long-term. Um, I, I don't know how good they'll be in the ACC. There's a lot of, you know, I think the ACC is down, but it's a lot better in the middle than people think. I think there's more landmines for the UNCs, the Dukes, the upper echelon that are hoping to Clemson, obviously, this year. And there's a lot more losses that are lurking in that schedule than people think. Speaking of Stanford, they beat up on Arizona, stun them, 16 threes they make. You make anything out of that loss, or is that just like overlooking another Pac-12 opponent, Arizona's going to be Pac-12's fine. weird. Yeah, as, as Ken Pomeroy always says, it's packed, hashtag Pac-12 after dark. You can't ever make any sense of the results that happened in that conference. Surely, um, in the last year's existence, you'll see some head-scratching wild results. Um, you shoot 16 of 25 from three. I sort of roll my eyes at that and say, okay, I'd like to see you do that again with a 35% three-point shooting display, right? I mean, that's basically 12, 15 points right there on a normal shooting night for Stanford. They got Spencer Jones back. He's a pretty key player. I think he helps them. There's still talent on that team. 
Stanford's been a perennial underachiever. I do think this year's a better version, but I'm not ready to crown Stanford because of that performance, nor am I ready to um, dispatch Arizona. I know there's some defensive question marks that Tommy Lloyd pointed out after the game, but again, that Arizona team, uh, they've been too good start to finish. I think we've, they've proven what they are. Talking some college hoops here. Trista Crick, Sports Machine, Sean Levine. We got Matt Cox from Three Man Weave. I'm squinting my eyes here as I look at the screen. The Colorado Buffaloes are 4-1 to one to win the conference? When did that happen? When did Colorado get good at basketball? For real? I know. I feel bad for Tad Boyle. Um, kind of got a good thing going there on the, the hardwood, but obviously you're not going to outshine – Dion Prime with with that with all that stuff there. So, but yeah, it's a fun time to be a sports fan in Boulder for sure. Great time to be in Boulder anytime uh, for that matter. But they have oh, real talent. Sweet. You know, I think people took uh, they took this team lightly a couple years a few years ago with McKinley Wright, and they ran all the way to the tournament. Looked like a you know a top end team got blasted uh, before they could make a deep run. But I do think this is a top end Pac twelve team. I think it's a top twenty five team, and they've been without their two best players arguably. Well, I say two of the three best players, Cody Williams, five star freshman and Tristan De Silva, who's a French draft prospect as well, on top of K.J. Simpson, their All-American point guard. So they have real horses. Uh, they're getting healthier. They're older. I've always been kind of a guy who believes that Tab Boyle underachieves when he has high expectations and overachieves when he's discounted, this year being more in the former. But I don't know. The talent looks good enough. I might have to start believing. So I think that price, though, is a little bit overpriced, but I think the Colorado is a real contender in this conference. I'm I'm tired, Matt, of the excuses being given out and made for my Oregon Ducks. That it's all about the injuries and that these five stars that come and they go just as fast as they get there. Uh, how do we get back right? How does this school turn it around? Because, you know, going into the Big Ten is going to be very, very difficult on a night-to-night basis. And it's not going to be easy, especially, you know, moving over there. Man, I don't know. I, I love Dana Altman. I think he's been bitten by the injury bug as bad as like any coach has the last few years. But more importantly, he's lost all of his assistants the last, I think, two or three years consistently. And coaches talk about how it's just turning over your assistants is sometimes um, it's, it's a pretty big hurdle to overcome. You have to basically reintegrate dudes to your system, find the right fits, to do it year over year with how much he's changing players year over year too. I think that's been tough. Um I think Altman still has his coaching fastball. I just think he needs some continuity with his roster, with his coaching staff. I'm the only person on the Oregon bandwagon left this year. I think this team is good. Jackson Shellstad's an absolute star. He's going to be the next Peyton Pritchard that everyone knows up there in Phil Knight country. I would not sell your Oregon shares quite yet, especially if they can get Dante or Nate Biddle back this season. Um, again, big guys, injuries never go well together, but I think one of those guys does come back and makes an impact. So I still like the Ducks. Quack. All right, before we get out of here, if Krista gets to ask about her Ducks and you get a quack, then I get to ask about my Jayhawks. Any chance they can win at all? I think the roster's good, but by Bill Self standards, not great. What say you? Yeah, they can win it all. You got Bill Self, and they have four awesome players. I just think they're one injury away, one tweak, minor injury away from really falling off of you know where they are in the, the, the totem pole. They just need some depth. They need one of these, you know, Nick Timberlake or Almarco Jackson, the freshman who I really liked, any one of those guys to step up and be like a complimentary fifth piece. It's not, they're not asking the world of these role players, but Bill Self just can't seem to find an answer to the McCuller, Dickinson, Adams, and Dewan Harris, you know, fearsome foursome. They need one or two guys to step up. If they do, or maybe the Jonathan Furphy 
kid does, um, then yeah, it's Kansas, it's Bill Self, and there's experience and proven winners there. I would never count out Kansas. It is Matt Cox from Three Man Weave joining us here on Bet MGM tonight. Great stuff, great insight as always, my brother. Thanks for your time. No, appreciate it, squad. Thanks, Matt.